night, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back very soon. If you want more Chuck and John in your lives, how about go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast and join our Patreon Slack chat where they are there every day talking basketball and movies and whatever else happens to come up in the world of pop culture. Uh, so if you want to join that and support our show and get them, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Also, keep writing those iTunes reviews, five-star reviews. We appreciate them. Those obviously help us out. They raise us in the search results. And if you write a five-star iTunes review in September, we will read it on the air. We will give you a shout-out. We will also plug whatever you might want to put in that review. That's up to you. You can just compliment the show, or you can, you know, plug your podcast, your Twitter handle, whatever else it is. So do that. Write us a five-star iTunes review and support the program at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Hello. 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 This is Joey Keith. How are you? It's good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you guys. I spent yesterday trying to do, uh, get accustomed to which one of you is which. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, I should probably make a note on the top of my page. Uh, I have it broken down with, with Joey Laughs More. I do. That's yeah. what Sean makes more funny voices. Sean has a... I listened to your... Uh, we should probably we should probably make this canon. Let's go and start. So we're rolling. Uh, okay. The um, I listened to your podcast at about like one point five speed, and uh, Sean, your voice actually kind of sounds like a robot when you get in that lower <laughs> baritone. You're like talking talk because I know you guys actually have you know the robot that does your news drops and things. Yeah, but, we yeah. do yeah. have a robot on our he's, show. So. He's an unpaid intern, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that's how I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah. So Sean is robot. Joey laughs. All right. Well, yeah. since we're already rolling, my guest today, uh, you guys are both writers and comedians to the furthest extent of my knowledge. And you guys host the Roundball Rock podcast, which has been my favorite new basketball podcast discovery. I just started listening this summer. But Joey Devine, Sean Keen, gentlemen, good morning and welcome. Good, Good morning, morning, Keith. Uh, I've got to say, as a relatively new basketball comedy podcast, I also did not know that you existed until this summer, and it has been a pleasant surprise. I love Fast Break Breakfast. Oh, man. The feeling feeling is nothing but mutual. I hope you are looking forward to getting the Fast Break Breakfast bump. Cause, uh, oh, we're, I'm, oh, oh, we're, send, we're sending people your way. Because I'm telling you, I feel like the common discussion among our listeners and just random basketball people is like, uh, hey, where's the, where's the podcasts that are talking about basketball uh, that aren't very, very dull? And it's like, well, yeah. they're out here. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're finding it. We, uh, we, we have a joke, and I, I'm going to go ahead and slander a bunch of podcasts that are fantastic and, okay. that, and, that, I, and that I listen to all the time. Uh, our, our, our common joke, especially among our Fast Break Breakfast listeners and like our, our Patreon supporters, is the whole, what is the funniest NBA podcast? Low Post, Dunked On, Bill Simmons, or D, <laughs> Why Does God Hate Us? So, 
So I'm glad all you listeners out there who, if you enjoy our show, definitely check out the Round Ball Rock podcast. It is it is very very funny. Also, uh, apparently, according to Twitter, you guys have another co-host, Dave Schilling. Pretty sure I've never heard we him do. speak. We I, do. I don't think I've ever heard him speak one time. <laughs> He's uh, he is Dave is unfortunately um, too successful. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. He's um, because Dave Dave is like we're idiots. Uh, Dave is an actual basketball uh, writer. Uh, yeah, he's a journalist. He's like sometimes like Joey and I will try to schedule things and it's like, well, I've got a stand up set that day or like I might be delivering Chinese food. And Dave's like, yeah, actually, I have to go to Boston for four days for a profile of Gordon Hayward. <laughs> so, And he's about to be a dad. Uh, yeah, Dave's mm-hmm. wife is also like eight months pregnant right now yeah. so he has not also been around and he's also he also runs three podcasts that aren't ours uh, I think has his own Bleacher Report podcast there might be oh and he has a movie review show on Super Deluxe right now yeah wow he's yeah. the For busiest stuff. man on earth so we get him about once a month at this point which is a uh, uh, generous that's, Even, that's pretty say. good. I'll say our podcast also started similarly where we had some free time. Like I, like three years ago, I, I just had a baby. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was like, you know what? I'm no longer working freelance doing stuff at night. I'm going to be bored at home. We should start a basketball podcast. Um, my other two buddies, Chuck and John, like they had work and they were busy, but they did a very freelance times. Like they could do things mm-hmm. now. Uh, they like, uh, John is crazy busy. Like he does music stuff. He does a lot of writing stuff. Uh, he bartends some at a bar that some of their buddies opened. Where my where Chuck now works at a bar. So now our schedules are not going to work. And I just had my second. <laughs> I just had my second child. So uh, this season four of Fast Break Breakfast, once the NBA season starts, is going to be a nightmare. And I don't know if we're going to make it, but uh, we're going to try. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably be the funniest part about our podcast. I think is that Dave actually founded it. Oh, Dave oh, was yeah, the one yeah. who was like, "Hey, will you guys do a basketball podcast with me?" And then <laughs> has not appeared in three months. That's there's. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's a certain extent to how our podcast is basically just Joey and I reading, saying things that we would normally just text to each other yeah like no one's into this super (laughs) intense specific deep dive about pj tucker yeah (laughs) we're gonna talk about anthony randolph for 30 minutes uh hopefully someone wants to hear that (laughs) well that's the thing i i think i think people do want to hear it that is definitely genius of dave to to found it and then let you guys take over and do the uh He's, he's got a great uh, no-show job on that. Um, before, we, yeah. before we go any further, we do need to talk about our breakfasts, as is tradition. I'm talking to you guys out on the West Coast. It's a little early out there. Do you guys start your day with breakfasts, and did you have a breakfast today? Uh, I had a Camel Light and a Yellow Red Bull for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have, I, I do often eat breakfast, but today I have not eaten breakfast. I've just been drinking water. Are I you, did drink a lot of water. Are you guys, uh, are you guys both in LA? Yeah. We're both in LA. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you guys have a go-to like 
best case scenario breakfast, maybe a, a celebratory brunch or something like that that you uh, treat yourselves to sometimes? Um, I'm big on, uh, I'm not huge on breakfast food itself, but I do like to have like a turkey sandwich for breakfast sometimes <laughs> <laughs> or like a double cheeseburger. Oh, that might <laughs> Basically be what I'm saying is I might die soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I have. I mean, I'm I'm kind of basic in some ways. I like I eat a lot of like scrambled eggs. Um, one thing that I periodically will do is, and that makes me sound like such a millennial. I'll eat avocado toast, <laughs> but oh, uh, but it's it's really cheap when you just make it at your house, right? At least if your house is in California. Um, so it's it's <laughs> like a thing that's always put out as like. Uh, this is why millennials can't buy a house. I think that was and, the uh, the Grapes of Wrath dream. They're just passing out free avocados when you yeah. get to Los yeah. Angeles. <laughs> but really, really very affordable. <laughs> very affordable. All right. Well, you guys are Warriors fans, I, as I understand yeah. it. Uh, now uh-huh. find yourself in Los Angeles. I think the big overarching question for whenever I encounter a Warriors fan is... How have your lives changed and your fandom changed now that you guys have become this giant evil empire bandwagon of a basketball team? <laughs> um, I guess I'll go first on this one. Uh, it's, it's a weird thing to go from being a Warrior fan. So I went to Tim Hardaway basketball camp at 10 years old. That's how long I've been a Warriors fan and how big a fan I was. And the biggest change is uh, I went from being the only person who was mad at the Warriors for 30 years (laughs) to now everyone else is mad at the Warriors, except for me, if that makes sense. (laughs) No, I mean, Uh, the idea of people hating the Warriors is like, yeah, that's, that's us. Like, oh, you hate the Warriors' ownership? Like, okay, Johnny come lately. Like, <laughs> we've been there since 95, baby. Do, do you still get the, like, the tinge of excitement when you're out in public and you see a Warriors shirt before then realizing, oh, my God, everyone has Warriors shirts? Uh, definitely no. In fact, <laughs> like part of me wants to give like a purity test to anyone I see wearing a Stephen Curry jersey. <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to go up to them and be like, hey, do you remember Todd Fuller? What about Ike Diagu? <laughs> I remember Patrick O'Brien, the only, the first lottery pick to be sent to the D-League. <laughs> But there, there's no, like, as a Grizzlies fan, anytime I see, well, also, as a Grizzlies fan living in Nashville, Tennessee, anytime I see an NBA shirt in Nashville, I'm kind of excited, and I might make a conversation with that person. And so it's strange. Yeah, you're like, this could be a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's strange when I go to something like Vegas Summer League, where I see a bunch of old jerseys where I'm like, oh, wow, look at that throwback jersey. And I'm like, oh, it's a Steve Nash Lakers jersey. There's a million of them in here. <laughs> where, like, I, I am programmed for Nashville. We're like, that's crazy. Like, someone's wearing a basketball jersey, you know, that isn't like, I, I don't even know what. Like, people don't even wear Tennessee Volunteer or Vanderbilt Commodore basketball jerseys here. So I, I would have assumed, like, you guys lived most of your lives with never seeing Warriors gear 
you know, you know, anywhere. But 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 you, you now just you want to test people's purity, find out if they actually suffered through the uh, the years of yeah drought. Do you Although, remember the Nick Van Exel trade? That, <laughs> well, actually, that I, is what jumps to I, my mind. <laughs> I actually saw someone on Saturday at Disneyland wearing a Nick Van Exel Warriors jersey. It blew my mind. <laughs> It was like the special cable car jersey, too. And I was like, all right, well, this guy is for real or a real deep hipster. Speaking of of real deep hipster, I work at a private school at a middle school part time, uh, a very, very, very wealthy uh, Caucasians. Like all last names. I mean, I, I don't want I can't, I can't say last names, but let's say they they, they kind of rhyme with uh as I mentioned earlier, like Smanderbilt, like like uh-huh. <laughs> these these guys have, have impressive last names. <laughs> but Thurston Howell the fifth. Yeah, yeah. So there, <laughs> so, so there, there's a lot of that. You're like, oh, that's a senator's last name. Oh, um, type, type of things. <laughs> but uh, they had like a Spirit Week yesterday. There was a 13 year old boy, and I don't think I'm allowed to take photos of the children. But I almost no. did. There was a 13 year old boy in a matching short and jersey. Seattle Sonics Luke Ridenour outfit. That's, okay, that's, that's mind blowing. Well, and actually, I need to Google it. Like, does Luke Ridenour's child go to my school? Like, it's because you know, I was really like, how in the world? And then I'm like, hold there with my phone, and I'm like, oh wait, I think I'm not supposed to take photos of the kids. I can't remember. Like, I'm definitely not supposed to put it on social media. But uh, so I guess that was a. Uh, that kid's an OG uh, Sonics fan. Uh, Look, if you took a picture of that kid. That is a good reason to lose your job, I think, <laughs> and also maybe go to prison. To be so confused by the Luke Ridenour Sonics kid. Yeah. I, I support you. Matching shorts. So, all right, so the Warriors, now that, now that you guys have had, you become a title-winning team, and this is a road show, it's a circus. Anytime this team goes on the road anywhere, there's like, people lined up outside the hotels there's other wealthy 13 year old white kids wearing their own Steph Curry jerseys cheering so as as OG fans has all this winning has it changed you like have you grown numb to winning like do your joy receptors work anymore um last year was the first year where I it's it was more, I felt more relief to a win than joy. Yeah. Just because I did not want, I am not defensive of the Warriors, <laughs> but I am weirdly defensive and protective of Steph Curry. Right. <laughs> so, like, the final, the previous finals were so, people were so mean to Steph Curry after them. That I was just, I didn't want to hear 3-1 jokes anymore. So every win, it was just like, oh, thank God. And less like, yay, we won. Um, when, the, when the Warriors won the first time, no one expected that at all. Right. And they won 67 games. And then in when they were chasing the wins record and they had the winning streak, like all, all of that really was very scrappy. And then um, I'm still sort of surprised at the extra, uh, like, like at just how much backlash there was after the finals last year. I mean, I guess some of that's just the internet, yeah. you know. 
But I guess, I guess, like, I understand how you find, like, the 2016-17 Warriors really objectionable, but I wasn't really sure why there was so much hate to the 2016 Warriors, I guess. Like, I guess reflexive knee-jerk defense of Michael Jordan? Like, is that is that what it <laughs> came from? I don't... Like, challenging the Bulls? Can you put your finger on why Steph Curry has received such a backlash? I'm stunned by it. To me, it just seems like unequivocally this is the most exciting and likable player. But I don't know. I, I feel like he was kind of maybe tepid on social issues for a bit. But even there, I feel like he stepped out a little bit. So, do you know why that uh, there is so much, so much backlash to Steph Curry? Uh, I think. Well, I, go ahead, well, I, I would say it's like a split. I think like there's a reason. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'll take this. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go I'm, I don't it. know why this dog is insane. Um, <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with him just being a straight up dork. Yeah. Um, like I, I, the way I talk about Steph Curry sometimes is I have a theory about Sylvester Stallone and Rocky, and it's that he has to save up every ounce of humanity he has to play Rocky every couple of years. And then he can just walk around like jerky movie star Sylvester Stallone for three years. Yeah. And Steph Curry is like that with every ounce of cool and fun and basketball. And then the rest of his life, he's just like a huge dork walking around. And I think that's like confusing to people. I guess so. I just think most NBA players are like a lot of NBA players are kind of dorks. Yeah. Like LeBron James is not particularly cool. I think LeBron James is tougher because he's very much so grew up in a weird bubble like Truman Show where he, he, he has no secrets since he was a child. It seems like a lot of these other guys at least had some normal social interactions, you know, up until they made the league. There's also yeah. some some odd Kobeification of the league, where if you're not like trying to go one on one and shooting every time, uh, <laughs> you're not like a real star. No, that's the, that's the whole reason NBA players just love Kyrie Irving's game. Where yeah. I, I feel like a lot right. of maybe it's just the NBA Twitter folks where we're like. He's not that good. Like, why is everyone so excited about Kyrie Irving? Like, he, he <laughs> yeah, just scores. But NBA players are like, uh, top three player, uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You're like, what? Well, and then they're also, and then they're always like, and then also in the top ten, Jamal Crawford. Oh yeah, <laughs> they love Jamal Crawford. Well, it's all these guys who can cook one on one. Like yeah. that's that's kind of the common thing. Is like, well, the gym was empty and you could only have one guy, and it's like, well, okay, but that's. Sort of not really how basketball works. So the yeah. guy you have to guard 35 feet from the basket. I don't know. It's I he's definitely like, a dork, but yeah, <laughs> I feel like in the NBA NBA player pickup game, it's like they're like eh, Kawhi Leonard or Dion Waiters. Ah, Dion, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, I don't uh, I, I don't understand. Um, all right. So the Warriors last year, they uh, with all their winning and kind of validating, I guess validating the year before, there was some serious pressure. They they won four one in last year's finals, but mm-hmm. th- those games were kind of close. Richard Jefferson just caught some slack recently for saying that a few more shots it could have gone either way. So like, 
Which is insane, but keep going. <laughs> Backed up by Bill Simmons. At every yeah, yeah. Turn I, I, I know what he's saying. I mean, obviously, the Cavaliers could have easily won game four. Like, that one did come down to the wire uh, with, uh, with Kyle Korver missing a shot. And then, mm-hmm. and then Katie hit They it. also lost by 30 in two of those games, but <laughs> keep going. Hey, that isn't, a, that isn't how it works. It's all about winning the single games, you know. Look, Spurs can lose by 30 to the Rockets, and then they win the series. No big deal. Cleveland definitely would have won game six was one of the things that Richard Jefferson said. <laughs> right. They lost game three, so. <laughs> I, will, I will grant him the Cavaliers could have easily won game four. And then game five was also a close game up, up until the end. I, I'm not, I'm just saying there was a lot of pressure, but the Warriors pulled it out and thus validated, I think, the year before the losing. Yeah. You know, because, like, after all this, however many, like, 140 regular season wins o- over two years, you guys still had, I guess, a lot of pressure this season. But, but there in, was more pressure this season than ever. Yeah, I felt it, like. it was the yeah, weight. It definitely. was the weight of two years and kind of like, oh, no, this like undoes this undoes all the joy of the last few years. Well, in last season, it felt like they were doomed in the Western Conference finals. And then everyone was wildly overconfident in the finals. Yeah. So you won one of the negative uh, effects. There's, there's actually many negative effects to the Warriors being so good. Uh, a lot of it is I feel like I feel like NBA fan bases are, are getting a little filled with despair. Like they're like, what's even the point? Mm-hmm. We're having all these existential articles like like, well, why are we even talking about this? Because the Warriors can win the finals. Do you feel like your joy has come very much at the expense of the rest of the league? No, because everybody loves basketball right now. <laughs> oh, we, 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 it's we, like, love, we love it's all like, season. Yeah. But it's as a, a Warrior <laughs> fan, like I spent years of my life with no hope for my team to even make the playoffs. Yeah. Like at least you guys can make the playoffs. Like <laughs> you don't have, you, you're not crushed when Kalena Azabuki gets hurt. Like <laughs> I was. <laughs> and I mean, did, did people hate it so much? Like people are like, Oh, that, that terrible era when only, only two teams ever had a shot at the title. Yeah. That's called the eighties. Yeah. And everyone, everyone can't stop talking about how great it is to watch the Lakers and Celtics play or like the Bulls winning six in a row. It's like in general in basketball, not a lot of teams have a chance at a title. Like there's, it's very, very rare for a team to come out of nowhere and win. Although the Warriors are actually a team that did that. If that's something you like too. Yeah. Right. Like that's the, that is the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around as an NBA fan is there's always a very specific story about when an NBA team gets good. It's like the, the Jordan and the, the Pistons thing, right? It's like, yeah, you make the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of times and you lose and then you finally get over the hump and then you win your title. Like, that didn't happen to the Warriors. Yeah, it was like, okay, after losing in the first round, they made almost no personnel moves and then won the title. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, I'm all about, and again, it probably comes from my small market uh, perspective of the Grizzlies. I'm all about, one, the Warriors paid their dues, and this is great that they won. 
I spent my whole childhood and growing up like cheering against the Bulls and cheering against the Lakers and cheering against all these teams that were winning, cheering against the Lakers. Yeah, like I was thinking of the 80s Lakers and then the the, the aughts <laughs> yeah. Lakers. That's why the Lakers got in there twice is my brain processed through all the NBA champions. Um, so I feel like they did a good job of, of winning. Uh, but I do also I kind of pity like Raptors fans now who are like, oh, let's just blow it up. You know, like you're like, yeah. like there's nothing wrong with going 50 games. You can, like they can't even get to the Warriors. They're 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 more distraught, I guess, over LeBron James. Um, one of well, the things. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that to me is like more of a problem with like. I think there's a definitely we've devalued like the good, just a team that's good for a long time. Yeah. As a culture, like yeah, man, to I mean- me. As a team, again, who made the playoffs once, basically, in I was like six years old and they made the playoffs, and then I was 21 years old when they made the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and, like, to me, I always would look at, like, I would look at the Grizzlies and I'd be like, man, I wish we had a guy as good as Pau Gasol. Or I'd look at those, like, Joe Johnson Hawks teams and be so jealous. And those are teams everyone makes fun of now. And, like, I think as a fan, when we're looking at the overarching league, we, like, discount the Raptors. But, like, as a Raptors fan, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, there's this – There's this. it's kind of a byproduct of the of analytics where – this idea that there's this one optimal way to do it and that the only thing you're doing is chasing a title or tanking completely or people saying like, oh, well, the worst position to be in is the seven or eight seed. And it's like, well, not always. Sometimes the eight seed wins. Like when the Grizzlies beat the Spurs, that was totally awesome. Like that was making the playoffs is great. Like, like honestly, if you only care about a team, like winning the championship, you have a very limited palette of players that you could pull for. Really? I also like the argument that the season it's eight months long. (laughs) I would, I would rather have the Grizzlies win. I don't know, 55% of their games, 60% of their games over eight months. And then, you know, have a scrappy first round exit, than relive the years where the Grizzlies were winning 20 games and it was like, oh, I hope we don't blow our draft pick again. So mm-hmm. I, exactly. I, I take joy in the long run of the NBA season. I enjoy watching 35 to 45 win teams scrap it out. Honestly, more than I watch like the top teams play. But that's also kind of my own, I guess, unique fandom. Do you think with the Warriors winning, maybe with Steve Kerr, there was some kind of Faustian bargain where he, uh, <laughs> he traded... He traded a life of living pain-free for these championships. He's like, I will take NBA championships and for it, I will have excruciating back pain for the rest of my life. <laughs> I I kind of wonder if all of them are making sacrifices like that. Like Steph Curry is like, I will take this title, but my shoes will be made fun of all the time. And my wife gets to pick my outfits every time I'm seen in public. Yeah. And, and Draymond like, Green is like, uh, I will take these titles, but everyone will see my dick. <laughs> and Matt Lawrence can finally win a title, but he has to sacrifice his car to Derek Fisher. Well, yeah, I, th- I, I thought Matt Barnes can win a title, but I will let my children continue to live with Derek Fisher. Yeah. Do you, so you, you guys gifted uh, Matt Barnes 
a title, which I yes. think mm-hmm. is I think that is one thing we can hold against the Warriors. And when we're making our arguments of Golden State, good or evil, this definitely goes in the evil category. But- sure, I think that's <laughs> fair, but I will defend that because look. If that were Jason Richardson or Baron Davis or Steven Jackson, they would have taken them instead. Are, but he was the only we believe guy left in the league, and they just wanted that link. So you think it was okay because he had that Warriors cred already from being on the the we believe team? Yeah, he was on the one good team for twenty two years. Uh, in the uh, in the other column, he's an outspoken domestic abuser. Yeah, uh, look. I'm not saying those it those, bums those me equal out. out. It bums when me out. <laughs> <laughs> he does uh, a lot of punching. Yeah, he he. Uh, you know, the, violence is never called for, except sometimes it is. Um. So, which other player this year, assuming the Warriors can win the title again, which veteran who might be undeserving, or even he could be deserving, which kind of middling role player would you like to see be rewarded? with a gifted championship ring. You know, after seeing him, uh, I, I would have said you want a, we believe guy who's still in shape, but Al Harrington got his title this summer <laughs> with the big three. So he doesn't, he doesn't really have anything to prove. Once you've been to the top of the mountain in a competitive three on three league run by ice cube, I mean, the Larry O'Brien trophy just pales in comparison. <laughs> um, I would love to see Monte Ellis be oh, like the yeah. 16th man. I knew you game. were going to say that. You had I to say it. I was hoping you guys that. were going to say that. He's there. I mean, I I really liked him and his spirit. Like, like it's, again, I think when you focus on kind of efficiency and analytics too much, you miss the pure joy of a Monte Ellis deciding like I am going to win this basketball game myself and I am never going to come out of the game. And this heroic performance is going to make my team climb to a 15 and 28 record. <laughs> like that's, uh, but I was really charmed when he, um, they did the, we believe ceremony and he and uh, warriors broadcaster, Bob Fitzgerald shared a very genuine hug. Aww. And I was like, oh, yeah, this this guy really went through a lot here. I mean, he's a free um, agent. Why don't you, you guys should definitely scoop him up. I mean, I would like to see them uh, redo the one of the bigger wrongs in Warriors history, which is uh, drafting Vince Carter and then trading him for Antoine Jameson on draft day. And if they could get Vince Carter over here and win a championship, that would. Uh, oh, that's my a heart basic. would really. It's good. I was gonna say it's gonna be hard to get the the buyout with the Kings. I don't remember. Was it just two years? Two years, fourteen million, maybe. The Kings are paying him. He's yeah. <laughs> he's probably not going anywhere. Uh, another guy you mentioned earlier, fresh off a EuroBasket championship, is the time right for Anthony Randolph? Oh my God! Don't don't even. Don't even joke about Anthony Randolph coming back. That would be, he's a, I almost feel like he needs more time in the wilderness. I would obviously welcome it back (laughs) and it would be, but I feel like he has like more of a journey. He's played in so many countries. 
And he's he's still like watching him start fights in Eurobasket. It's like he still kind of hasn't learned anything. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's somehow perpetually nineteen years old. Yeah, um, he just needs more. He's like he's like a, a a fancy dinner in Salt Lake City. He always needs more seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I, I read an article this morning about how Anthony Randolph is he now ready for the NBA after this years away playing in Europe and in Russia and in that article it was like he still is prone to a questionable motor and trying <laughs> and trying hard and getting lost on the court or something You're like oh well maybe he's not it's, ready. Look, it's weird he yeah. has the same <laughs> Anthony Randolph is for me uh, the terrible girlfriend that you you're still in love with all these years later. I pine. I like. It's funny that Anthony Randolph is back in the news because every couple of months, I would text Sean like, "Do you think they could get Anthony Randolph back?" <laughs> and now he's back in the news, and I'm like, I don't know if it's good for anyone to sign Anthony Randolph. <laughs> it's it's weird because we would be talking about Anthony Randolph anyway, even if this year right. happened. But at no point he he's had basically the same NBA quality skills since he came into the league. And for, you know, it, we're at least seven and a half years into NBA teams saying like, eh, it's just not really worth it. You know what I mean? Like he definitely has NBA eighth man, ninth man talent, but he's so he must be so difficult to deal with. Yeah. My favorite thing about watching young Anthony Randolph was every time he would set a screen, he would then put his hand up and run to the basket, whether he was open or not calling for the ball. It's like my favorite thing. I could close my eyes. It'll be the last thing I see before I die. Like, that's how vivid <laughs> that image is to me. He was the original Dion Waiters. I, I'm open. Like, I'm open. Throw it to me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we... except he was seven feet tall and also couldn't shoot. <laughs> and he still weighs 195 pounds. <laughs> All right. Well, we, I'd be remiss not to mention the Kevin Durant Twitter uh, brouhaha. The... Mm-hmm. Yes. Where do you, where do you guys fall on the story? Do you think it was a staffer writing those tweets for him on accident, or do you think it was him forgetting to sign out of his account? I think it was somebody in his entourage who has access to the account just because of the phrasing. I don't think that makes it much less embarrassing. No, it, I just it might think be it, more embarrassing. Like it's it's actually a little bit because at least if he was doing it, you're like, well, he is a psycho. But here yeah. it's more like he just has like a fawning member of his entourage who's going on Twitter and being like, my boss wouldn't do that. The coach was mean to him. And that's um, but I think I, I actually have a different theory, which is I think it was a member of his. I think it wasn't Kevin Durant and it was Bill Simmons. <laughs> I think Bill Simmons has access to the Kevin Durant Twitter. And, you don't think uh, right because he, he kept adding somebody named Sully. Yeah. And then <laughs> there was that, that weird tweet where he, he kept talking about we are going to enjoy having Kyrie Irving. It was very <laughs> <laughs> well, I, is there anything 
now that we did our perfunctory one minute on Kevin Durant, uh, is there anything that can derail this Warriors quest this season? Uh, yeah, uh, an extended dream on green injury. <laughs> well, so uh, actual basketball answer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's the glue and you don't think they can overcome him getting suspended for 20 games or getting hurt. Uh, I mean, 20 games, I think they could take. I mean, this team. So I don't understand. I, I don't understand how this team got so much better from last year and the year before. But on paper, this team has almost zero weaknesses to me. Like. Omri Caspi is better than anyone they've ever had in that role. I kind of hope, um, I have secret hopes that Omri Caspi might be the disruptor, the sleeper agent who undoes the Warriors good. <laughs> I'm basing this on every NBA franchise. Again, and this might just be like the nerdy Twitter people, the, the dunk on listeners who are like, man, I really hope we can get Omri Caspi on my team. Like for the Grizzlies every year, it's like, oh, I want to get Omri Caspi. He only signed for $2 million, man. But this is a guy who every team cuts him. No team ever brings him back, mm-hmm. despite the fact that you're like, why would the Pelicans, who desperately need a forward, wave him? And then last year, the, uh, the Timberwolves picked him up at the end of the year, and they're like, oh, this would be great on the Timberwolves. Why don't the Timberwolves bring him back? I'm thinking maybe this is a guy who is uh, roundly hated, and maybe he can disrupt that, that chemistry. Or at the very least, uh, uh, bring out some uh, hidden anti-Semitism among Warriors fans. I, I think I think that's a fair theory, but also if Javale McGee didn't disrupt chemistry, I don't think anyone can. <laughs> Javale McGee's a sweetheart. Oh yeah, yeah, but he's also like, uh, like NBA's goofus. <laughs> And, you know, Goofus and Gallant, it's yeah. like, it would be like, Tim Duncan does this, JaVale McGee does this. Do you think adding, uh, you think adding Nick Young, could that tilt the, uh, tilt the boat, so to speak, with JaVale and Nick Young, that maybe things are getting a little too ridiculous? Well, I think it, it is, I love their friendship. I love the old <laughs> web videos they used to make when they were members of the Wizards, but, um, yeah, hearing hearing Kevin Durant talk about how when he plays cards, the four people that play cards are Durant, Curry, Draymond, and JaVale yeah. <laughs> is like, oh, this is like Ringo in the Beatles. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like like the Beatles didn't the Beatles didn't break up because John Lennon was on heroin and Paul McCartney was re-recording all the parts. All that really happened is that John Lennon decided he was he'd rather hang out with Yoko than Ringo. Like that's kind of the <laughs> fundamental thing. And so I, like Nick Young is definitely better at basketball than JaVale McGee. And JaVale's basketball is almost irrelevant because they have like five other big men yeah. besides him. Yeah. Um, it's strange. I mean, the, the one place they don't have that much depth is power forward, but I guess that's where Caspi is going to play. I do imagine that Omri Caspi is like the most intense NBA player, though, because just just growing up in Israel is just a way more just serious thing, I would think. You don't think he's passing out like anti-Palestinian literature or something? Really, really fracturing, (laughs) really fracturing the locker room with his uh, Zionist stances. I think when you live when you've had to live in Sacramento for like 
five years, you're like, oh, I, I sympathize with these people that have to live in this place. <laughs> like, I, I understand. We should we should give them some land, and we should also give Natomas, the people of Natomas <laughs> and Rosemont, they deserve Elk Grove. They deserve a homeland as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last last thing. You, you guys have, have dropped a lot of great warriors' names from the past. But who are your all-time – who is your all-time favorite warrior? I'm, I'm going to exclude guys on the current team. My current favorite warrior is Clay Thompson. Yeah. Just because he is a magical being. Like – He's it, there's no one like him. He's so fun to watch. Uh, uh, but but my, I would say my favorite all time. This is boring, but it's Chris Mullen. Oh, just yeah. he was the guy to watch, and like, uh, it was it was great that he kind of came back from alcoholism, and he he hangs out in the Bay Area. So I have a bunch of friends and cousins that at some point have played like pickup basketball with Chris Mullen. And he's like a he's a really nice guy. It's great. It's just nice when there's uh your favorite guy is nice to strangers, yeah. you know. And uh, I just like mirrors I feel like that's a little aspirational for me too because I am bad at basketball, but I can imagine myself like constantly cherry picking, having a bad haircut and uh, hitting open shots. Like, I could, I could do that, right? And that guy's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's good. Joey, who's your favorite? Um, my favorite, other than the Anthony Randolph in my mind, uh, it's probably Jason Richardson. Um, because Jason Richardson was, like, the first guy who what they drafted who was good in a very long time and also seemed like he wanted to be there and really Jason Richardson had a connection with Warriors fans that was at their darkest times. That was really, uh, I think important to the franchise. Well, both of your answers were yeah. very well thought out, but I was actually looking for a Donald foil or Andres Biedrens. Look, Andres Biedrens is probably one of my five favorite players ever. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I played. I don't remember He's my what favorite poet, NBA poet ever. A Donald Foyle. Yeah. Yeah. There was maybe Man. it was NBA Live two thousand. I I was a Donald Foyle and uh, and only used a Donald Foyle. Like I would play multiplayer with people, <laughs> but I and I would I would never switch. I would just try to get like fifteen rebounds and five blocks every game. I loved it. He was so good on that game. Anyway, hey. Uh, Joey and Sean, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, tell people where they can listen to, uh, well, obviously I've told them, listen to Round Ball Rock podcast, but uh, plug anything else and tell them how they can follow you on the internet. Oh, uh, Sean, check you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Check out the Everything Report, which is a uh, like three times a week show. You can follow it on Instagram or Twitter and on YouTube, uh, Fake Newscast. It's only a minute long. It's great. And uh, you can also see I'm writing about football for Yard Barker. So I have a Tuesday column that comes out, which is fictional responses about refereeing complaints. <laughs> All right. Uh, and yeah, for me, it's basically just round ball rock. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on all those things. Uh, if you want a free round ball rock sticker, uh, DM us. I'll send out stickers. 
And, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, I guess, at Joey Devine. That's D-E-V-I-N-E. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having us on, Keith. Oh, sure thing. And, really I, fun. and I did definitely rip off your, uh, your sticker thing. I gave you oh, cre- I gave you credit for it. <laughs> I, I, gave, I gave your podcast credit. Like this is an idea from the Roundball Rock podcast. But hey, if you want a sticker, send me a DM. Well, that is totally fine because I stole it from uh, the best show with Tom Sharpling because he used to do that. There you go. Um, so in your face, Sharpling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to talking with you guys sometime in the future. All right. Thanks, Keith. All right, thanks to Sean and Joey. Listen to the Round Ball Rock podcast. Check out Yard Barker. Check out the Everything Report. Follow those guys on Twitter. They are a lot of fun and obviously very funny. All right, if you want to support our show, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We'll be announcing the fantasy leagues, and we'll have to cut that off at some point. But uh, you can sign up for those by going to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast and signing up at the four dollar tier that also gets you in the slack chat and access to all of the goodies we post on patreon like us on facebook follow me on twitter at fast break break all right you guys are the best thanks for listening and remember breakfast is the most important thing yeah never apologize for being gng fast break break man you understand